Hello, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Fourth Wall, a podcast where we overly analyze movies, trailers, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. Today we'll be talking about Marvel's new trailer, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. My name is Emmett, and I'm joined today by my co-host and Casamigos spokesperson, Ivan. I I should be the Casamigos spokesperson, because I talk so much good about them and their products. They I are. I drink it all the time. Very top tier. I'm through two bottles already, and it's not even like <laughs> on this know. one on this episode alone. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the intro. <laughs> well, if I slur my speech a little bit there, that's what it is. So today we're gonna be talking about a trailer. We don't really do that many of these. Uh, we usually just throw those into our new segments in our regular episodes, but this is a very exciting one. Uh, we're getting into phase four of Marvel's grand scheme to take over the world after so many delays (laughs) (laughs) we should have gotten this movie last july is where is what we i think the normal schedule was supposed to like uh leave us off at yeah and i think it's uh fair to say that this has a lot of fan interest uh partially just because uh you know, it's another Marvel movie, but also because of all the delays. But it's gotten over 12.2 million views in a day and a half. And that's just the trailer on Marvel's YouTube account. Like, everyone else has reposted this, and it's getting views everywhere. So this is very popular for movies. It's also, like, another step in, like, the attempts to diversify, I think, the, the Marvel slate a bit. So... It's definitely interesting to see the reaction for it because there's a lot of like open, open arms to this trailer. I haven't seen anybody be like overly critical of it, so I'm excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, I think this does uh, do a one, one good step forward on diversifying the Marvel portfolio, which has been primarily white, uh, to be honest. If it's anything like Black Panther, it it will you know speak volumes and maybe even. Spark a little bit of a movement, which uh, which will be exciting to watch. I, this is a character too that's very interesting to kind of tackle on because I feel like there's so much um, there's so much history to him, both negative and positive, and we'll get to that later. But uh, I, I was this is one of those characters that I always thought was going to be a little bit how you say maybe a little controversial bringing to the big screen, uh, given this problematic comic history. Yeah, this, I don't want to pretend to be a, a Marvel stan or an MCU stan. Uh, I don't know anything about this character. I know the little bits and pieces of teasing the Ten Rings in a few of the Iron Man movies, but I don't know anything about this. It's not like a Captain America where I can kind of be like, uh, I didn't read the comics, but I have a general idea what he's about or what is going to be in his movie. This I know nothing about, and I'm very excited for that. Yeah. What What did you think, though? What are your general thoughts on this? I think it's a very cool trailer. I mean, like, the the music's perfect for it. Um, I It's got, like, if I'm going to stay within the Marvel MCU realm, I'm going to say this is kind of like Doctor Strange meets Black Panther vibes I was getting from it. Uh, like, the training scenes and the, uh, I guess, like, the tech that they're using. Kind of, kind of reminds me of that. It also was giving me, and this is all just from a, you know, a step back. But 
it gives me like Bruce Lee style movies, but for like the more modern audience. So I think what's really cool that Marvel is able to do, especially with this phase, is you know pay homage and look like older shows or movies. Like with WandaVision, we saw them bring up a whole bunch of sitcoms that you know people might not have watched all those sitcoms, but it could have sparked interest in going back and revisiting those. So I think it's very cool what they're able to do with this. Yeah, it gives me very much um, beginning of the MCU kind of vibes, at least to me. Um, for, I feel like everything from like the music, like you mentioned, over to like a lot of the visuals. To me, it reminds me of Enter the like Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon, and I'm pretty sure it, it takes its cue from a lot of these. Um, the character himself was like inspired by that very. Uh, big Russian fanatical craze over Kung Fu movies of the seventies and eighties. So it, that's what, that's where the character has his roots. So it's, you know, visually they're going to take a lot of cues from it. Uh, but it, it seems really cool to me. This seems like, um, like an, I guess an origin movie, right? For lack of a better term here, because we haven't seen him introduced in any other, uh, Marvel project. And yeah, to your point, I don't think this is a character that a lot of people know anything about um and then for the people who are super like marvel nerds you'll know because there's been the push more recently in the last i think six or seven years to um introduce him to more of the newer generation of comic book um readers so he definitely is a very obscure character for a lot of folks um and he hasn't had too much of a prominent role in the marvel comics world until more recently uh, and I think a lot of that has stemmed from like an effort to to try and like give breathe in new life to some of the characters that they've been like not giving all that much attention to in the past. So I'm excited. It it, it looks really cool, very high paced, very action oriented, uh, and it seems like they've really assembled a cast here that's basically the who's who of um, of Asian Asian talent in Hollywood. So. I'm excited to see what they flesh out with it. So very exciting. I do totally agree with you that this feels like the early stages of Marvel's uh, cinematic universe films where like you didn't know much about any of the characters or where they wanted to take everything. And it felt like like this gives way to letting Endgame be a solid ending of that first chapter where now you can either pick up as a new fan and this can kind of be like your, oh, I was there for the first phase of this next section. Like, it, it, you're kind of like a lame person if you're like, oh, yeah, I, I watched Iron Man 10 years after it came out when I was catching up on everything else. Uh, so this feels like you could be sort of a new wave. Or it could also vice versa. If you feel like you've you know paid your dues and, and watched all 20-something movies in phases one through three, that it's a fair ending to end on Endgame, and you don't have to continue on. Like you're not going to be feeling like you're missing out. Like these feel two two separate things right now. It does feel like that, right? Like I feel like between WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, we haven't gotten Black Widow yet, so I can't speak to that. But it seems like Marvel is kind of putting its um, putting some, I guess, some markers down in terms of how they want to. Uh, frame out their next couple of phases in here because it definitely feels like you said like everything up until endgame has this sort of marvel vibe to it 
And I guess maybe they're redefining what that means from here on out, because we definitely have seen projects take a little bit more of a bolder risk on things recently. So I wonder if uh, this movie is going to set that tone in a similar way, because other than I guess other than maybe Black Widow, right? Like we're we're not because that's more of a prequel that's kind of set in the era before the post endgame world. Yeah, this, this, this is going to bring up a lot of questions because we don't know where this fits in the Marvel timeline. Is this right. after the snap or is this like a this was going on in the background all along type of thing? And this was actually a lead up to Iron Man 3 or something crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's no sense in the trailer as to, to indicate anything as to where this might fall in the timeline. So, yeah, there really isn't. We've well, we haven't seen, but we, we, we've seen uh reference to the mandarin before in the mcu you remember yeah, so, iron man 3 <laughs> yeah let's start with um let's start with marvel's history of it maybe then go into a few moments from the trailer and then finish up with some comic book stuff yeah so yeah you're right we have seen it in iron man 3 uh yeah they actually made references to the 10 rings in all three iron mans and this is something i had to look up for Iron Man 2, I didn't know about this. So Iron Man 1 is kind of obvious. Tony's captors were part of the Ten Rings. Uh, they had the banner in the background and everything during that like hostage video. Iron Man 2, I didn't really notice. And they didn't really call anything out to it. But I guess the person who gives Ivan Banco the ticket to go to Monaco was a member of the Ten Rings, apparently. Really? That's what Wiki said. Oh. <laughs> and I trust them with my term papers and my life. <laughs> same here, same here. All right. <laughs> Which is interesting because then it's like they are pulling at strings to interrupt with Iron Man the whole time. And then obviously the Iron Man 3 movie, uh, the Ten Rings and the Mandarin were the main rival for Tony and Rhodey. Yeah, the the Mandarin in the comics is Tony's arch nemesis. Like that's his uh, that's his biggest foe i guess um which is why i feel like a lot of people had such strong reactions to iron man 3 when it came to the portrayal of uh what ended up being the fake mandarin <laughs> um but yeah you're right he's he's basically been referenced since the beginning of the of the mcu so it's 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 nice to kind of see him actually be given a second crack at because technically speaking that first attempt in iron man 3 was where they originally had intended to kind of end that uh, character's world. Yeah, I think it's cool that Marvel is like, give us one more shot at this, uh, a redemption shot. We'll we'll prove it that we're able to do it. Um, personally, I didn't really have a problem with the fake Mandarin because I didn't really know the comic book history. So I just took it for the action movie that it was. But uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a good, honest crack at the true Mandarin. And I would be interested to see in this movie, maybe they do feature a Ben Kingsley uh, moment just to be like, oh, that was our figurehead that we, like that was an intentional plan that it was so bad that people would be off our scent or something like that. You know, like give us a little bit of like one scene tying it all together. They kind of made an attempt to do it. And I'm trying to remember which Thor movie this was a, uh, tied to but marvel used to do these things that they called marvel one shots they did a number of them but uh one in particular addressed the 
Ben Kingsley fake Mandarin situation. It was called All, All Hail the King. Um, and if anybody's out there that hasn't watched it, look it up. It's pretty easy to find online. Um, it, it explains a little bit of the fate of Ben Kingsley's character. Uh, so, yeah, I wonder if we're going to see him in this because there's obviously been, because of that short film, they've kind of established, like, hey, there is a real Mandarin out there, and he's not quite happy about <laughs> how um, his name was basically dragged uh, by by Ben Kingsley's character. So I, I hope, at the very least, we get, like, an after-the-credit scene that just kind of follows up from that, from that one shot. Yeah, I, I do want them to tie it together, but I do also, uh, you know, other moments in the MCU, not that either of us have really watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I came across a quote from the show that Fury said to Coulson that uh, the Ten Rings have, like, mastered working in the shadows and they hardly know anything about them. So there has been a lot, like, a few little kernels uh, tucked in here and there. There was actually one or one another silent one in Ant-Man where one of the potential buyers for Darren Cross's yellow jacket uh, was a member of the Ten Rings along with a person from Hydra. So uh, that makes more sense who Darren was selling it to. They never really addressed that. So I was always just like, uh, he's just doing a demonstration here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's interesting. I got to go back and, and take a look because I know like Marvel's pretty good about hiding little details and little nuggets of information here and there. So, And I'm all for, like, hidden stuff, but if you just don't say anything about it, like, how am I supposed to assume that the guy who gives Ivan Vanko a ticket is <laughs> is a guy from the Ten Rings? Everybody. Everybody's a member of the Ten Rings. <laughs> I guess I that's my assumption I have to make. There, There's a lot of history to, to this, though, because I feel like... Um... One one thing I will say is I think it's I think it kind of sucks that Tony's out of the picture because I would have loved to have seen a live action like true Mandarin versus Iron Man fight because that was always like the the um ri- the rivalry in the comics makes sense because you got the man of science versus like a man of magic basically uh so definitely uh they kind of balance each other out a little bit it was very much like a classic Green Goblin versus Spider Man kind of fight. Um, so a little bit disappointed that we're not going to be able to see that, or maybe we are, who knows down the line, right? Like who knows what the future holds, but it would have been nice to see them, uh, face off against each other at least once. Yeah, it's definitely a hard, uh, phase to accept that tone when he's gone for this one. Uh, but for this movie, especially just cause you want to see that rivalry. But to me, I guess maybe this, that I would rather have that in like, a Mandarin 2 type of movie. Uh, I don't know if I want to see Iron Man steal the show on this on this film. I kind of just want to see it stand on its own legs. Yeah, no, I, I think the time for that has passed. It just would have been nice to see him tied in uh, to the character he was originally tied with. But even if he was around, then it's like RDJ is just stealing the show and this becomes like one of his Iron Man movies and less like the Ten Rings movie. Yeah, I, I guess it's mainly, um, it, and really this became like, I think I was talking to you about this earlier, but looking at the trailer, they changed a lot of things for, for Shang-Chi in particular, because he wasn't uh, related at all to the Mandarin in the comics. Like that's that's something that it looks like they're 
uh, using here to kind of introduce him, which I think is fair because uh, to get a little bit into the whole comic book lore side of things, uh, Shang-Chi obviously was inspired by the Kung Fu craze of the 70s and 80s. So a lot of the, um, how you say, the representation of Asian characters in Marvel at that time was blatantly racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there was just a lot of stereotypes behind it. And I know that uh, he, the basic story of Shang-Chi was he was the son of a criminal mastermind who, you know, he was supposed to take over the empire for his father, ends up rebelling against him, and kind of sets off on his own path to become a hero. Uh, his father in the comics was a very controversial character called Fu Manchu. <laughs> Yeah, which, uh, you know, right off the top. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, that character was very much deep ingrained with like some of the worst stereotypes you could think of. So when when Kevin Feige announced that they were doing Shang-Chi live action a couple years ago, I was like, all right, how are they going to do this without In being safe? Way. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it was a smart thing for them to tie it into the Mandarin because you've built up this organization in the shadows and very subtly um, in this universe. So you haven't really revealed them, right? And so it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone. You introduce a very popular Asian villain through the Mandarin. And it's you're also segueing into like probably one of the more prominent um, Asian characters in the Marvel Universe with Shang-Chi. So tying them together, I, th- I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, but it does change things quite a bit. And I wonder how much more... Um, they're going to be playing around with with the history of the character because I think there's some pieces where they can some pieces they can still do and then there's others where I'm, I'm pretty sure because of like I said because of the problematic nature of, of the character in the past they probably will try to steer away from yeah I'm I'm sure Marvel has pretty good judgment on figuring out what's work what will work with the times uh, why don't we actually just continue on that thread and and stay with the comic book lore so. I know, I, I mean, I don't know that much. This is all from just doing a quick research before, but the Ten Rings al- alludes to actual physical rings that you would wear on your fingers, and they each had, like, some sort of mystical power, which almost reminds me of, like, <laughs> the Mortal Kombat abilities. <laughs> like, there's Ice Blast, there's, like, I don't know what a Mento Intensifier is, or Electro Blast, Flame Blast. So there's, like, a lot of different... Uh, I guess uh, magic seems like the only right word for it that you said before. Yeah, depending on the iteration of the character, it's either magic, their magical rings, or their really advanced alien technology that it just seems like magic to everybody else, right? So science is just, or magic is just science that we can't explain yet. That is true. I think, yeah, there's a lot of characters based in that. <laughs> but yeah, each each ring had its own little like power i guess um although like when you really think about it if you if each one of your fingers has rings on it like that'd be a pretty much. uncomfortable <laughs> yeah yeah like the arthritis on your hands after <laughs> a few years that's what the mob wives used to do when uh when they were all getting arrested just wear all your jewelry so it can't be seized <laughs> not that i have any experience with that you know no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i each one had its own individual um, power set. It looks like, and you caught this on the trailer, um, it doesn't seem like they're doing that for the movie. 
they're doing these like bracelet looking things. You see that in the trailer twice. So at 38 seconds and then at uh, a minute and four seconds, you can clearly see it at a minute and four. Uh, it looks like I count four bracelets on the right arm, but the camera doesn't show the whole arm. So maybe there's one more, uh, which would make sense that they're putting five and five, just like you would do with your fingers. Are they changing it from rings to bracelets? Or I don't know what exactly is going on there. Probably, but like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Bracelets doesn't have the same ring, I think, right? Yeah, and I mean, bracelets are ring shape, so I'll give, I'll let it slide. Maybe it's like rings, but for giants, and like they just happen to like fit into. <laughs> you got it. You got to fit it where you can. Uh, either way, it's still gonna be interesting uh, to see if somebody can wield all the power, or if it's like supposed to be distributed amongst a group of people. It seems like too much for one person. It's it, it's usually just all for for the Mandarin, um, and he usually is the one that's either controlling the power or, like you said, he does gift one or two rings away to some of his supporters. But uh, usually it's him. I, I think now that I'm thinking about it a bit more, it's probably because of the closeness to the Infinity Gauntlet and yeah. the Infinity Stone stuff. That's probably why they changed it, right? Like a gauntlet is too close to rings, I guess. Well, yeah, the the actual stones almost ended up like on the knuckles where rings would go. So it would be two on the nose for that. Two on the fingers. <laughs> well done. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think let's let's get into I think some of the visuals in the trailer because I think there's a couple standout moments. But more importantly, now, really quick little side note here. I've been watching a lot of Kim's Convenience on Netflix. To anybody oh, yeah. who hasn't seen it, watch it. It's a good show. It's funny. Um, but but Simu Liu is the is one of the protagonists on that show. So he's uh, well, he was an up and coming uh, Asian talent in Hollywood, and it, it's nice to kind of see him. Uh, I guess essentially sk- maybe skyrocket here because I think this is going to be his big his big his first big uh, project of the scale. Yeah. So, just for clarification, he's going to be playing Shang Chi. The main main lead yep uh, of this movie and he's also a major marvel nerd <laughs> i like when marvel nerds get the roles i don't know if i necessarily believe it's true or not like for him maybe and it seems like wanda was also or uh not wanda that's her character's name uh elizabeth olsen also really knew her storylines so i really like to see that but i also wonder what ele- like what percentage of that is just like a PR person working at Marvel being like, well, let's just push this narrative. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I feel pretty confident about him though, mainly because I think back in 2013 or so he was like advocating to play Shang-Chi. He was like tweeting at Marvel <laughs> uh, and trying to gar- garner support online to just kind of, to, to have them kind of pay attention to it. He's been in like a number of different interviews too, where he talks about like his, obsession with D and some of the other things so i know he is a nerd by trade um but it seems like he does know his stuff when it comes to the marvel comics universe uh just from listening to him talk on a couple different um interviews and mind you this is way prior to his role on shang chi so uh, i think he's got the credibility for it yeah i i trust it i'm not gonna be totally cynical uh, the other person in this that I'm really excited for, uh, Florian, I don't even know how to guess his last name, 
Mon- Montaneo uh, is going to be playing, credited either as secondary villain or, as you found, Razor Fist. Probably the well, greatest name. That is Razor Fist. <laughs> he's he. Although, like you and I were having this conversation offline, but like in the comics, he's both of his fists are razors. So, just saying, Marvel, he needs to lose that other hand at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Florian also played. The reason I like him is he played Drago's son in the second Creed movie, uh, and he nailed that role uh, i think he's like an actual professional mma fighter so it's going to be cool to see uh his typecasting and what are the roles he gets for this because it seems like he's being kind of pushed into a corner here but he did really well in that first one i'd like to see what he does here yeah i want to say he's like the almost obligatory muscle of the of whoever the main villain ends up being in this movie like we want to say it's the mandarin right but like who knows it's marvel they could always just pull the wool from other eyes but yeah, he it's he's a character that I think uh, can easily come across as super silly. He almost kind of reminds me of like um, but, uh, Baltrock from Falcon and Winter Soldier and um, Civil War. I think was it Civil War? No, no, uh, no, no, no. It was Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great comparison. Yeah, it's someone you take seriously in a fight that you know they're gonna lose, but they actually make the fight kind of worth watching. Because you know those stunts are actually kind of real for them. Yeah, like they have the background for it, so you know, like it, it, it almost like not just physique wise, but you know they can probably pull off the action that you're seeing on screen. Yeah, so we see him twice, uh, a little bit more, maybe more than twice, but quick scenes put together. So once at 59 seconds, you see him exiting a helicopter with uh, Shang Chi and I guess the Mandarin and also Aquafina's character. Uh, just named Katie. Uh, so you see him there, but then you also see him later on in the actual bus fight. And that's where you called out that you see one razor. So it's razor fist singular. This is prior to becoming razor fists. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that's going to fit in? Do you think like that fight on the bus is going to be like a early on scene and he loses there and then comes back with two razors and is now a tougher fight at the end of the movie or <laughs> that's like a one and done kind of fight um i i kind of think uh there's this whole little like monologue from tony leung um the mandarin talking about how he's given presumably shang chi right uh 10 years to live his life and now he's you know he's it's time for him to take up his his uh place by his side i'm kind of betting that this is razor fists has gone over to collect him to get him back to the mandarin so mm-hmm. i'm willing to bet that this happens early on in the movie like they have that fight because uh, you also notice that the way that aquafina's character and shang chi communicate on the bus it's like they haven't met but then they're exiting the helicopter which seems to be a later scene so yeah i i think that's a Pretty good prediction there. Yeah, um, I, I bet this is, and this kind of reminds me. I don't know if this this is giving me the same vibe, but like the this fight scene on the train from Captain Marvel, it kind of gives me that's a similar vibe to it. Uh, like yeah, there's a, a lot of good train fight scenes. You got that one. You got the one from Ultron. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. And then you probably have the best one 
where Tobey Maguire won on a on a subway train. That's still my favorite train scene out of any Marvel movie. <laughs> uh, is that Marvel? Technically, MCU? it is. It's Marvel licensed by Sony. It's about to be uh, MCU. Oh, canon. yeah. We I can't wait to talk about that in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you do see a lot of good subway, bus, mass transit fights. Then you also see the, uh, I guess his uh, his abilities on display here, because that that's the other thing too. And I wanted to kind of get into this a little bit, but Shang Chi in the comics doesn't have powers. Yeah, I was he... gonna ask that. That definitely needs to be talked about because I only see like quick reflexes and hard training in the in the trailer. He in the in the Marvel Comics universe, he is labeled as the best hand-to-hand uh, fighter in the in, in the Marvel universe. So he's oh. the one that re- like trains a lot of other like members of the Avengers and stuff. So he that that's him. He kind of reminds me of like I guess like a a Batman in terms of skill. So um, Shang Chi does make it to Avenger level. Yes, he does. Um, I don't think he he's like a main member of the of the main roster. I think he joins like the West Coast Avengers or some of those other like subdivisions. Oh, but West Coast Avengers. There's a whole what? bunch of different Avengers, man. There's like, like West a... Coast Avengers, East Coast <laughs> Avengers, Young Avengers. Oh my god. Dark Avengers. There's this is why I can't get into the comic books though. There's just too many things to learn. I don't know I how think... you've done it. <laughs> You don't have to know any of it. I feel like like a lot of times it's just like you kind of pick and choose what you want to read and you don't need to know too much of it. But like the deeper you get into it, the more you kind of see how big and enormous and like nonsensical some of it is. Yeah. All of it is. <laughs> <laughs> some all. <laughs> Most of it. Okay, uh, but yeah. Well, he, that's cool then. He's got no powers, but I kind of, I don't know. I feel like the MCU kind of departs a little bit from that kind of thing right so i feel like they probably will give him some sort of abilities maybe he takes one of the rings at some point i just i just think that especially after endgame and infinity war it's kind of tough for a character with no superpowers to kind of have their their due i guess in, in in this world um and mind you i know that there's characters without them like we can look at hawkeye and black widow although she's gone right so <laughs> that just kind of leaves Hawkeye Ouch. there. Oops. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm willing to bet, though, that they probably will give him some sort of ability just to kind of, I guess, balance him out with the rest of the universe. I could be wrong. No, I see him ending this movie with uh, taking down the Mandarin and also taking over the bracelets. That's why I kind of see this being a before Iron Man 3 movie in terms of the timeline. And like they take down the Mandarin, and then that leaves a spot where uh, what's his name, Gillian or something like that, in Iron Man three can use the Mandarin's name as a uh, as a as a fake cover. Yeah, I think you might be onto something with that. It, it it could be. It could also explain why he never ever became any sort of threat for Tony and and the rest of the Avengers to deal with. Uh, it could be a nice little explanation for it. I don't know but, though. I, I feel but it like would with... fit where like the Ten Rings would still be active up until Iron Man three. So like the actual Ten Rings did capture him in Iron Man one, 
and we're pulling strings to help Ivan Vanko in Iron Man 2, but then we're taken down before Iron Man 3. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, curious to see that timeline and how it's going to flow, because, I don't know, I, I have my thoughts on that. I feel like it probably could go, it most likely will go the way that you're kind of laying it out here, but I'm almost kind of apprehensive to say that it's exactly going to be the case, because I feel like with Black Widow already being a prequel, I wonder how many of those they're willing to do before they just got because their focus is in this phase has mainly been post Endgame. Like everything they've done from WandaVision to Falcon has touched on that post blip world. Um, and obviously this isn't starting that out with, but I wonder if they just they're not showing us any of that in a trailer just because it's like, oh, well, it's a new character. We'd rather just focus on showing you more of the character instead of uh, his or her uh, circumstances. Yeah, I don't have my heart set on that prediction that I said, but I the only thing I have my heart set on is that they address Ben Kingsley's Mandarin in some fashion. Yeah, just to kind of tie it out. You don't even need to show us Ben Kingsley. You just need to be like, ever since that Joker used our title, we have to exact re- revenge or something like that. Like Just a, a line in there for us. We have to be even more evil than before. <laughs> <laughs> Pinky to, to lip. Uh, yeah. The most important part of this trailer, though, can we get to it? 25 seconds in? Yeah, let's, let's, the, let's go for it. Pause it at 25 seconds and tell me what song they're singing. It's a whole new world from Aladdin. What a great karaoke song. <laughs> <laughs> what a great tie-in. Do you think there's any similarities to uh, Aladdin and this movie, like plot-wise? Um, I think so. I feel like the theme of disguise, right? Because uh, and we, you know, had a brief conversation offline on it, but I feel the like disguise or disguise. Disguise. Okay. Yeah. The disguise. The the disguise. No. Um. You know, you you raised up a good point offline that like um, Aladdin's, uh, I guess, plot is essentially like poor man pretends to be rich to fall in love with rich girl, you know. And I feel like there's some sort of sense to that here in terms of like it just give just from the little bit of narration we got from uh, the Mandarin in the trailer, it sounds like Shang Chi has been living amongst the regular folk for some time almost like with permission from from mandarin so it's like he's in disguise of something yeah you see him working at like a bellhop job and then just like doing a normal going out night in what you're saying was san francisco uh yeah it's like he's living just like an average person's life and it's been 10 years and now the mandarin wants his son back in his rightful place yeah it's kind of like taking over the family business you don't want to take over the family business, but your dad's like, come on, son. You're not married yet. You got nothing else going on. Come back home. Take over the business for me. Let me retire. Speaking of which, though, the visuals we get in this trailer, all that dynamic between father and son. Oof, there's quite a bit of child abuse in this trailer. Yeah, so is the guy in the mask who looks like V for Vendetta, is he the Mandarin? No, the guy standing younger. next to him is the mandarin if you pause at 32 33 seconds i thought that was uh shang chi 
I thought right. so too because the way it's edited in earlier on in the trailer, there's a scene you get like where a he's... quarter of a second, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's back at that same post where it then cuts to him as a kid punching that. Um, yeah, post. I thought that was like him like seeing his childhood type of thing. Okay, so they are in the same room, uh, although maybe that's trickery. Could be a ring situation. <laughs> <laughs> One of those magical rings, maybe? Huh? That... That's true. science. <laughs> Death Dealer, I feel like, is giving me Taskmaster vibes in here. And what I mean by that is Did like... you just name him Death Dealer? Yeah, that's his name, Death Dealer. All right, you can't just make up names. I'm not. If you don't know a name, you don't have to just make up one. <laughs> I'm not making anything up here, I swear. <laughs> Anybody could fact check me. But that's I'm, all I'm... the stupid names in this movie. Razor Fist, Death Dealer... <laughs> So remember that thing I said about this being based off of kung fu movies from the 70s and 80s? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Death Dealer was like a very, very minor character uh, from the comics. And they started popularizing him, I think, like a few years ago. And he, like I said, he gives me Taskmaster vibes because he's like the guy that you... Sort of like a bounty hunter. But it seems like they're giving him more of a prominent role here just because like he pops up a lot more than a lot of these other characters do in the trailer yeah you see him fighting later on in the trailer in a skyscraper so he seems like another boss fight that shang chi's gonna have to win but who's better him or razor fist taser face taser face <laughs> i have to, if anything if anything else pops up out of this i hope we get a uh, a spinoff with razor fist and taser face <laughs> Give us a just, whole Disney Plus show. I want one of those like cartoon, like animated YouTube shorts where you got like Superman and Batman in the cafe. I want those two guys at a bar, <laughs> just like talking about their dumb names. That'd be great. You just have like whole super villain bar spinoff show here. Like, <laughs> make it work. I think that's kind of it for the trailer. I mean, there's a bunch of other uh, cool moments here and there. A lot of fighting, some some funny dialogue here and there. I think this is just going to be a really good movie and i'm i'm very excited for it yeah i'm excited to see you know how, how it kind of shapes up i i'm i'm all for a origin movie i feel like we've gotten a lot of we're in the middle i feel like of a lot of storylines for all these other characters so it's nice to see a new character being introduced uh and especially in this way because like i think a couple like maybe a year or so ago right before the pandemic you and i had this whole conversation about how like hey what do we do from here after endgame like where do we go and I, you know, I think this is kind of slowly igniting my interest in the future of it. Yeah, I, that that's a that's a great summary of how I'm feeling too. Uh, it feels like after Endgame, it was like, okay, this has been resolved. I don't really care what they do with Phase Four, and now it's like, okay, I've watched a couple of the TV shows, and I'm seeing tra- more and more trailers for the movies, and I'm getting excited again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was fearing that after Endgame, the one character still left in the MCU that I really, really was invested in was Spider-Man. And Thor. And Oh yeah, Thor too. <laughs> uh, but but with without aside from those two, I was like, we had like, what, two movies? We have Spider-Man 3 in the works and we have the, the fourth Thor movie coming out uh, down the road. But aside from that, nothing else in the slate really caught my attention. So now it just seems like I care a lot more about the Falcon, I care a lot more about Wanda. And so now we're intru- we're being introduced to Shang-Chi, who looks like a pretty good addition to the MCU. So the future's yeah, looking great. 
Yeah, and it, this comes out in September, so I'm sure we'll see a couple of other trailers for it or other fan edit type things. So we'll probably do a prep one over the summer for this, but this was a really cool trailer to get now and kind of whet our appetite for it. One quick question for you before we sign off on this, though. It's supposedly a movie theater exclusive. Do you think by then? Oh, be, yeah. I yeah? think by then for sure. Um, I'm still, you know, hopefully, like, being hopeful and trying to target July for Black Widow to go to the theater for. So I think September will definitely be a thing by then. Yeah. I'm hoping to be fully vaccinated within the next month. So, <laughs> uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like, I, I feel like this this year is, like, actually shaping up to be a pretty good one for entertainment. And yes. this is just kind of building up even more on that. So I'm excited. Yes, definitely. So if you're listening and you have your own predictions for the movie and you, or if you think we miss a very key, important detail on the trailer... Uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at BT Fourth Wall. Uh, you can also, you know, rate us on the pod on any podcast app where you're downloading us on us. That's uh, that would be really helpful. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.